Welcome to the Keon Sports Podcast. Our guest today will be James Ellsworth, formerly of the WWE. You knew him well and you loved him and it's going to be a good time today with James coming on the show. Sit back, put your feet up and grab something cold to drink. Up next, James Ellsworth. On the show to now, uh, right now is James Ellsworth of the WWE, um, but he's been around the wrestling game for a lot longer than that, and that's why we have him on the show today. James, welcome to Keon Sports. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here and happy to be healthy and uh, talking to you. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, and we we do our research and everything, and I wanted to I wanted to ask you what path did you take to get into pro wrestling, because there's always a million different ways to get into the game. What path did you take to get into pro wrestling, and who came up with the name Pretty Jimmy Dream? <laughs> well, yeah, I am. Um, so right after high school, I was 17 years old. Four days after high school, to be exact, I signed up for wrestling school here in Baltimore. It was called Bone Breakers, where I trained under um, a lot of guys. Um, one of the notable one that I want to always give praise to is Axel Rotten. And I was, like, I was 17 when I started, and... Yeah, I just wanted to do it my whole life, so that's how I got started. And the name Pretty Jimmy Dream, that didn't come until, I guess, around 2007. Like, I didn't have a gimmick. I was just Jimmy Dream because I, I used the name Dream because wrestling was my dream. Mm-hmm. And so I was just Jimmy Dream. And I was like, man, this ain't much of a gimmick. And, you know, it's just boring when you just have a name and no gimmick. So I did the Pretty Jimmy Dream thing because uh, – I don't know if you guys noticed, I'm really not that pretty, so I just thought it'd be a, like a good like heel thing to do to act like I was the most beautiful guy in the world. So I started doing that. Then my uh, friend Adam, he his name was Adam Ugly, so we're like, let's be a tag team, Pretty Jimmy and Adam Ugly, Pretty Ugly. It's just a cool little gimmick. So just started doing that on the indies early on. Yeah, that works well, man. It reminds me of the in the old days. There was a tag team in uh, WWF called Well Done, Timothy Well and Stephen Dunn. So, yeah. <laughs> Definitely clever. Stephen Dunn, well done. Yeah, I remember them. Yeah. <laughs> Power and glory. I mean, there's, you know, it goes on and on. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so it was a lot of fun, man. The Pretty Ugly gimmick was before its time. It was a really good gimmick. It's a gimmick I probably could bring back now, and people would get into it because it was just so cool, man. Like, I would wear fishnets and mascara and put my hair up in a mohawk. And, like, my partner, you know, he's, he was chunky and had, like, a bunch of tattoos and, like, would pick his nose. It was, I don't know. It was just very interesting <laughs> where he wore a toilet seat around his head. <laughs> like, it was, it was cool. That's hilarious. So, look, man. So, you know, anybody who's a die diehard wrestling fan, you know, we've gone to – and I'm not making fun of anybody because I am one. But we've gone to the, you know, the the bingo halls and the high school gymnasiums and all these these places. And sometimes nicer, you know, but like ballrooms and stuff. All the indie shows over the years, you know, you go to you go to the indie shows. You have the guys that you know that you're loyal to that you see wrestle once a month at the shows. But then every now and then, you know, they bring in some legends, some WCW legends or some WWF legends, guys who had a big name at one point who have probably been retired for five or six years. In all the years you were wrestling on the indies, who were some of the like WWF legends and WWE legends you came across who you know probably gave you the best advice? Oh man, like Matt Hardy was one of them when he was on the indies after his uh, you know first WWE run. You know, I I just got to know him a little bit while we were on the indies. He would give me some real good advice. Very smart guy. Very just awesome guy. Um, Nikolai Volkov lived here in Baltimore where I live, so I would ride him to a lot of shows they would just be in the car together and man he was so he was just so smart uh about the business and about how you 
got to save your money and invest it. And he would give me great advice about that, which I mean, it's really helping me out a lot. That advice he gave me and, um, yeah, Axel Rodden, like I said, he trained me. I would be up and down the road with him. There was a guy named Christian York had a little run in TNA, which Christian York band was, if you look, if you look him up, he was an outstanding wrestler. He lo- he looked great. I, I just always thought he should have got a bigger run. Than he did. He had, a, like I said, he had a little TNA run, a little run in ECW. Um, you know, he's done some enhancements stuff for wwe he was just great man so i'd you know listen to him a lot uh tatanka um i did some shows with tatanka and he was always willing to give advice shane douglas i I mean it's a lot of them man here's the thing and i I tell a lot of guys that are just getting in this just getting in wrestling or indie guys in general i tell man like if there's a legend on the show or a guy that's made a living or is making a living or has made a living wrestling those are the guys you want to talk to because those are the guys that made it to the big companies and, and made it in this business and, and then did it for a living. That Like, if your living is wrestling, which, you know, I've been up still doing it for a living, like, that means you're doing something right in the business. And I always tell guys that haven't been able to do that yet, that haven't got to that point in their career, find those guys and listen to those guys because those are the guys that are going to give you the best advice because they've been there, they've done that, or they're still doing it. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's, that's right on, you know, that's accurate as accurate as it gets. And that goes in any profession. You know, if you, if you can do something you love as a job, you're clearly doing something right. You know, obviously you've had a little bit of luck. You have a lot of skill, but yeah, I mean, no, no doubt about it there. I agree. You know, so for you considering, you know, the WWE, um, would come to Baltimore, you know, on average, we'll say two or three times a year. Um, I do know sometimes they use local talent as enhancement talent or in your case, the legend has it. You were a rosebud, were you not? Oh yeah, I did a bunch of um, enhancement talent stuff for WWE. The first thing I ever did on camera was a rosebud with Adam Rose. Which funny story, Zelina Vega was a rosebud the same time I was. There's a picture out there of um, me as a rosebud, and she's standing there. I think she was like the bumblebee, and she was a rosebud as well. The same at the same time. <laughs> Pretty cool story. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I I want to look a little bit deeper into it, but I want to say. That Braun Strowman was one at some point too, one or two shows. Um, I'd really have to dig deep on that one, but I think he, I think he might have been, you know, before they they packaged him. Yeah, he was like anybody that was like new to NXT and hadn't been on television yet with the Rosebud, Becky Lynch, Carmella did it. I mean, like Simon Guy, so like anybody that just hadn't appeared on TV yet, they would just throw in his Rosebuds for NXT. Yeah. So let me ask you this now: Did you know? Um, and if you can't talk about this too much, it's cool, but. Did you know going into the storyline with with AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose, um, now known as his real name, John Moxley, that you would eventually turn Hill on Moxley and help Styles, or is that the type of thing you know they tell performers the day of or like the night before, or did you know all along that's probably how that was going to go for you? Um, I knew it the night before, and to this day, I had mixed emotions about it because like I really, really enjoyed working with um, John. And like it, it was like uh, he was like badass crazy, and I was in my character was like doofus crazy. Yeah. So yeah, like we were both the two. You know, I think JBL on commentary one time called us two car crashes in one garage or something along those lines. <laughs> and I just thought it worked so well that I would have liked to seen what happened if we would have continued working together 
after the AJ Styles angle and, you know, see if we could, you know, I could have been his little buddy going forward for a little, little while longer. So, I mean, when I did that angle, we did it from, I think, uh, October till December. So three months, two, three months. And I don't know. I, I always thought, man, I would have liked to have gone a little lo- longer than that. But on the other hand, like I said, I had mixed feelings about it. I really knew my character could could be a really good heel because I played heel on the indies a lot. That's what I was um, doing a lot on the indies, and I just like knew I could do like good promos. I could be a heater for somebody, and so when I turned on them, and they told me before I turned them, they're like, "Hey, when you turn uh, Ambrose, the next thing for you is you're going to be with Carmella," which she had told me she pitched that idea so i didn't know they uh like said yes to it but i was i was you know new at the company at the time so i was just happy that i already had something else planned for me after the angle anyway but again it would have been cool just to work with them a little longer i think that's just you know my humble opinion but i mean it worked out for me i really had fun with carmella obviously you know, and Carmella, a lot of people don't realize, is a second-generation wrestler. Her father was actually an enhancement talent back in the 80s and 90s, so she does have wrestling in her blood. Obviously, she was going through something at the time. I want to say she was dating Big Cass. So, I mean, she was around wrestling. It was it was around almost every aspect of her life. How did you enjoy working with her? Because on screen, she really comes across as a very hard worker. Um, you know, how did you enjoy working with her? Oh, she is fantastic work with man. I always tell everybody in every interview, she's a very, very smart woman, very intelligent. I mean, she always looks the part. She keeps herself in great shape. She she dresses very nice, always wears a good outfit. It's always different, always changing things, always reinventing herself. Um, you know, I like she hasn't been on TV much lately. You know, I always, every time she's not on TV, I'm like, why, why are they not using her? She's great. And maybe it's just me being a homer, but I just, I think she's amazing and she was amazing to work with. And again, like, I, it was kind of like Ambrose, but you know, I spent 11 months initially with Carmella and then. I came back and spent another two with her. So I worked with her a total of 13 months. And like, again, I, got, I think they could have got more out of it. Like, cause to this day, we never like really broke off, you know, it would just page, you know, fired me on SmackDown. And that was the last she saw of me. And, uh, so that was just another thing. Like, I think we could have got more out of it, but we did get a lot out of it. And I think it was a heck of a story with her and I, what was, um, what was the reaction like behind the scenes, you know, uh, with, with the female talent getting all these opportunities that I feel like they so rightfully deserve for so many years before this, you know what I mean? Was it great for like uh, morale and everything? Like, hey, we're gonna have the first ever women's Money in the Bank. We're gonna have the first ever women's Hell in a Cell. You know, Royal Rumble. Like, it had to be like I would imagine uplifting for the entire roster. Or was there people who spoke out against it? Uh, nobody spoke out against it. Here's the thing: like, women wrestlers, they're they're wrestlers, just like men wrestlers are wrestlers. Like, I don't. Like, I just look at it as that. We're all just wrestlers. Like, look at Becky Lynch. She became the top babyface in the company over the last year and main event at WrestleMania. And not because she's a woman, because she was the best thing going. And, and she worked very hard and she was cutting the best promos and she was putting in the best stories and doing the best work. And, um, I, I had nothing to do with her being a woman. She was just that damn good. And I, th- I think it's good that now the women are, I think, looked at as equals and always probably should have been, but they are now. And I think you're going to see more of that. Like, like right now, man, like Sasha Banks and Bailey are killing it on TV. You could put them in the main events right now. And oh, nobody's going to play. 
blink an eye. And I thought, man, I, I put up it either on my Twitter or my Facebook or whatever. A couple of years ago, WrestleMania 32, I want to yep. say. Yep. Sasha, Sasha, was it Sasha, um, Becky, and Charlotte in a three-way. Tore it up. And, I mean, or it might have been Bailey. Was it Sasha, Becky, and Charlotte? I think it was Sasha, Becky, and Charlotte. It was. And, and it was just, I remember um, the build-up for that match was really good. And I remember um, this, the week of WrestleMania or the day of, I wrote, the women could main event this year's WrestleMania, and no one would blink an eye. It would be great. And it's funny. So that was, I think, WrestleMania 32. I tweeted, that was before I was with the company. And so, what was it, WrestleMania 35 that happened three years later? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I thought three, you know, three years before that. I have that tweet or that Facebook uh, status somewhere. I, I screenshotted it. But, I, like, yeah, man, it was it was a good morale backstage with the women, and it is right now, too, and rightfully so. No, not about it. And, you know, it's funny you say that because I actually, I've been writing about wrestling, uh, I would say maybe five or six years at this point. And I remember doing the post show for that. And writing down and saying, hey, you know, that was the best match on the card was the Lynch-Charlotte Banks match. And wait until they get Bailey up here in a couple of months, which they eventually did. It was just, you know, to me, I thought the match was incredible. You have 100,000 people um, in Texas at the state at Dallas Cowboys Stadium. I really do. I really think they stole the show. So let me ask you this, because you, you've been pretty uh, vocal in this interview about, you know, different ways you were booked and, and how things were played out. So let me ask you this. Do you think that it was a mistake to have you personally win the first ever woman's money in the bank and i know you know what i'm referring to yes carmella won the match technically but the way they did it were they had the the, the i was going to say uh, suitcase <laughs> they had the briefcase fall in your hands and then you hand it to her do you think they, they did that right because for whatever reason it got a lot of heat from fans well, the first thing I'll say is I think I was booked very well at WWE. They put me in great, memorable positions that people will remember forever. So I don't, I, I never cry or complain or bitch about how I was booked. Like, I, I just, I'm very passionate. So I always just want to do more. And I think anybody that's ever been booked in any storyline for any major wrestling company always thinks they can get more out of it. So that might just be me. <laughs> but, like, um, it's just, I, I think, like, man, I would always pitch ideas to the writers and all that. Probably a little too much. I just, I'm very passionate. And I want to do a good job and I want to entertain i just love doing this it's a great art form but as far as the money in the bank goes i thought it was an absolutely awesome idea i thought that you know because i remember when they told me about it, it was that day and they go hey this is what we're gonna do you're gonna grab it you're gonna fetch it to carmella it's, it's gonna create controversy we're gonna have the second woman's money in the bank ladder match next week on smackdown it's gonna pop us a rating and you know this is our plan and, we, and i was all for it i was like oh this is, and i knew it was gonna be you know, it's funny because, like, I think people just, like, with social media, like, I think they just think that's the end-all, beat-all, and it's not. Like, yeah. yeah, like, people when they're crying, whining, and complaining, like, it, that's that's heat. And people go, oh, that's bad heat. No, it's good heat. That's why we popped the rating the week after. That's why everybody was talking about it. That It served its purpose. They get they did it to get people talking. And, dude, like, the heat Carmel and I had was so much fun. Like, I remember the next day we had a, um, a house show, a, a Monday Smackdown house show. And I remember when Carmel and I walked out and we just got booed out of the building louder than we've ever been booed before. I'm like, here we go. This is it. We we got our heat. And, you know, and I wish we would have kept that heat. Like, and we, and we didn't. I, just, I think things happened within the story that took it away from us. But, like, because it was so good, man. Like, 
And, you know, it, it was just fun. And that's what wrestling's missing a lot, I think. Like, you don't have anybody on television, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, that has that heat where you just want to see the guy get his ass kicked. Like, you want to see that guy get beat up. And, like, I, I think I was that, right, right at that moment, I think I was that guy. I think people wanted, like, Becky Lynch, who I screwed over in that match, to beat me up, like, really bad. And if they were, like, uh, they did the match with Becky four months later, I think, you know, and again, this is my humble opinion. I, will, I always say that because these are just my opinions. I don't know if they're right or wrong. Um, I think if they would have did the Becky Lynch match, you know, a month later at the next pay-per-view, which might have been SummerSlam, like, or, or, you know, just closer to when the Money in the Bank happened, I think people would have really been into it and cared a lot more and really been behind Becky to whoop my ass, you know, like, so that's, that to me, that's what's missing in wrestling, a real good heel that people will just pay to see get beat up and you know that's you need heat heat is your key to to your wrestling stories if you, like jerry lawler was always the best at getting it man i was just watching him versus bret hart SummerSlam 93 and just like the whole if, if you go back and watch that whole segment with brett and jerry like that's heat and that was good and like i don't know i think that's lacking a lot these days funny you mentioned that just last night i mean literally just last night i was watching um there's a monday night raw right before SummerSlam 93 where jerry lawler goes in the crowd and he's like making fun of and talking trash with Stu and helen hart and yeah it's just classic i mean it's just you want to punch this guy you know so i couldn't agree more and i personally felt they did an excellent i i actually agreed with the booking i thought it was great how they did it where you had to catch it and throw it to her and like you said you know to me that's long-term thinking you're not living for the exact moment, but you're planning out a few weeks ahead. I thought it was great. I really did. Well, dude, the funniest thing, if you go, I was on Stone Cold's podcast, and he, he said during that podcast, he said, man, I've been in the business, you know, I was in the business for, you know, 20 some years or whatever it was. And he goes, at that moment, he's like, you got me. He's like, yeah, I was pissed. I was, <laughs> you know, I was mad. He's like, you, you got me. He, and he laughed about it. He's like, you of all people got me like, uh, like fired up and hot. <laughs> like, and he's, and he's like, that. he's like an hour later, I thought about it. I was like, man, he got me. That's it's just, you know, that's, that's what's missing, man. Like I, I just love, like, I think, like, MJF's doing a good job of being a heel, but yep. it, but I still think people, like, love him, you know, because he's, he's just so good, and it's, you know, but I, I, he's doing the right things, man, he is, and I, I think he's he's definitely um, going to get that heat, but, like, it, it's just hard, like, Baron Corbin, um, you know, who I like, he, I know a lot of people don't like him, but that's, it, he at least has a little bit of heat, you know, where people don't like him, and you know, maybe it's going to take for him doing something to the right uh, baby face for them to really care because you need that too. You need a really good baby face for a really good heel to play off of for people to like really, really get into it. Like, and um, you know, it's uh, I, I think Corbett's trying to. Let me, you know, it, he's really trying to be a heel. He, you could tell he never wants to be a baby face. He's all into being a heel, and. Um, you know, and that's, again, I think a lot of people like to be over on the internet, like to be cool and like to get likes and retweets. And I don't think Corbin's that guy. I hope he's put in the right position one day or something happens where he does something to the right baby face and people really want to see him get his ass kicked. And, he, and uh, you know, hopefully it happens for him because he's, he's a good guy and I think he works hard. And I think he gets a bad rep sometimes, but he's, you know, he's really trying to get that heat I'm talking about, I think. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's funny. I, I, I swear, man, I, w- I would tell you different. I really would. But pretty much everything you're saying, I have written down in a notebook. I mean, it's just, 
you're dead on accurate yet again. I've been saying that about Baron Corbin for months now, almost a year. He has he has really perfected his craft as a hill. I think he was the absolute right choice to, to have win King of the Ring. Um, you almost always want to have a hill win that for that reason. And like and I think he's just he's been excellent. I really I was kind of hoping. Um, I don't know if it was, man everything's so screwed up now, but I think it was this past year. You know, in, in that feud with Roman Reigns, I really wanted him to get a few wins, at least one or two wins, to make him a little bit a little bit stronger. But again, it is what it is. Um, you know, move, moving on from that, I guess. Now, here's here's the thing. So, it was such a cool concept with you because it was one of the first times in a long time since really like Stevie Richards and Victoria. This was really the first time in a while with you and Carmella where they kind of had a male manager. Um, you know, managing a female, or that was basically the gimmick. Do you think something like that, a storyline, could work long term with that? Because I personally feel that it could. Well, it, uh, you know, we had in this day and age, things move so fast and, and things get broken up so quickly. I thought we had a hell of a run, and could, you know, like I said, it could be longer. I think a lot of things could be longer. That's again, that's just my opinion. Like whether it's right or long, like a lot of things just move too quickly. But her and I, like I said, we got a total of thirteen months out of it if you add everything up, and that's that's a hell of a run, especially this day and age. But, like, I mean, they had Robert Stone with, um, and I like him, dude. He's a great, uh, you know, I got to know him a little bit on the Indies, and he was with TNA as Robbie E for a while. And they had him with Chelsea Green there for a while, and they broke that up out of nowhere, dude. Like, I, it's one of those things where it kind of popped me because I didn't see it coming. They were doing it backstage, and yeah. she just kind of fired him. Yeah. And I was like, and first thing I thought of, I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess she's going to the main roster, and he's staying there. Maybe that's why. Maybe Vince thinks she just fits what he likes and she's going to main role which i mean chelsea's great too dude. I, I got to know her a little bit she's fantastic and i think she's going to be a big star there and you know maybe robert stone goes with somebody else that might need that heater more than chelsea green because chelsea probably doesn't need it she could probably do well on her own and um but that's why i was like man they broke that up already like i thought that was like them two together because they're both so talented i thought it's going to work out good but again they it might have been one of those things where it wasn't needed but yeah like that's just an example of how things move so quickly like it's you know like title like you know i like how the title reigns are starting to be a little longer like becky had a long reign bailey's having a long reign adam cole um, it's having a long reign, like I, I, especially the NXT. You can tell, like it's a lot. They, they have old school thinking. Triple H and those guys that are doing that with the long, you know, the long title reigns and the long, the, the stories on NXT do last a little longer than the main roster stories. It seems like the one main roster story I keep going back to on this phone call that I like a lot is Bailey and Sasha. How they're slowly building one of them turning on the other, and you just don't know which one it's going to be, mm-hmm. and. Like, I love that, man. Like, if you let, like, with any TV show, like, if you let a story play out for a while, then and you build up and you build up and you build up, and then at the end of that story, when something finally happens, like, I think Walking Dead's been great with that over the years. Like, you, you know, and that's why it's one of the biggest shows in the world. Like, it, I don't know, like, but a lot of stuff just moves so fast. Like, I, like, in one second, uh, Andrade and, and um, Angel Garza are a tag team. The next second, they're not. And then Austin Theory's with them. The next second, he's not with them. And like, like, I can't keep up with it. I'm like, wait, wait. Ain't Austin Theory with Zelina and her group? Or no, now he's with Seth Rollins. And, and, oh, Garza and Andrade are a tag team also. This will be good for a while. Wait, they're broken up. Like, it, it just happened so quick. Like, I can't keep up with it. Yeah, and I think that's why fans are attaching themselves more so to the feuds right now on SmackDown. I'm not trying to play writer versus writer, because I think Bruce Pritchard now does both. But 
the uh yeah i mean smackdown just seems to have the the storylines right now that are, are a little bit more long you know drawn out there and uh it just appears to be working so i kind of agree with you more on that one too so three questions left for it looks like we have enough time for three more uh what was or i shouldn't say what who was the most talented female worker you had the privilege to work with during your wwe run uh, what in the ring or just in general? Uh, I would say you know in general, and you could you could you could pick a couple. It's cool. I mean, yeah, well, it's just hard because they're all great in different ways. Like I, I, Becky Lynch, obviously, it, it, like she would have to be number one because it just makes sense. Like any town we went to for house shows, and, and I base a lot of it on the house shows because those are your diehard wrestling fans because they're going to the house show. They know it's there, mm-hmm. you know, and, and um. Becky would get a huge reaction every single night. Like before she ever became the man character and everything, she was always popular to fans, always worked hard, always, you know, went to bat for herself and for the other girls and, and for everybody that she, you know, was working with, including myself. She pitched the match, you know, for her and I like it. So she, you know, she became the, the, like the, this generation's biggest women stars. I, obviously she was a, the main reason why there was a, a women's main event at WrestleMania, her and Rousey and Charlotte. But, um, yeah, it's, so her would be one, uh, you know, bliss bliss. She's like one of the people that had no wrestling experience before the performance center that has just knocked it out of the park. I think like her, you know, people love her. Her character is great. She's, you know, um, always, it, it always interesting. She, she, you never get bored with her. Like right now, she's with Nikki Cross, and and you would have never thought like a year and a half ago that they'd be together, and not, they've been together for I probably pushing a year now, if not over a year, and yep. that that's an interesting mix. So her and um, you know, I didn't like always put over Sasha and Bailey. I didn't get to work with them much because they were uh, always on Raw when I was there. But Sasha's just to me, just uh, she's great, man. She always looks great. She always, I mean, she has great matches. Her and Bailey at uh, NXT Brooklyn Takeover, in my humble opinion, again, I say that a lot, was the best women's match I've ever seen. Like that, it was just <laughs> like if anybody listening to this interview hasn't seen that match, go and watch it. It was just an amazing match. And you know, and there, there are so many other talents. And Carmella, like uh, you know, again, I'm always going to be a homer with her, but she always reinvents herself always puts herself in good positions always uh, looks the part always just anything she does uh, people get into it i just uh, so many of them naomi um is amazing um natty natty's just everybody's favorite backstage she's just an amazing human being she's been there forever i think she's like close she's had the most um, matches out of, out of any woman in wwe history so that that speaks for itself right there on how good she is would you ever consider a run in the WWE again in the NXT cruiserweight division? Well, here's the thing. I get I get asked that a lot. Um, obviously, I wouldn't turn it down, and I would love to do it. I love to wrestle. Like, I wrestling's fun. The James Ellsworth character wasn't a great wrestler. Like, he, he was just a kind of, like, a happy-go-lucky or, you know, guy just uh, like a nerd, right? Like, he wouldn't know a scientific hold. <laughs> so... Like, you know, I think I was pitched to go to 205 a few times. I know, like, Dean Malenko told me before that he pitched for me to go there. Um, and I love Dean Malenko. And, I, I, man, I miss him. Hopefully I see him soon because he's just a great guy. But, like, to me, man, my character just, like, I don't know if it would fit there. Yeah, you could do stuff with me there, obviously. Um, but it was just such, like, a different 
character, not like a, a wrestling character. Just uh, it's, it's weird. I'll put it this way. Not a wrestling character, but a character for a wrestling show. You know, and but yeah, I would definitely love to do it and do what I could to uh, make the best out of it for sure. Who's your dream opponent? Um, well, it was AJ Styles, but I got to wrestle him a couple times. <laughs> so, like, I got to wrestle my dream opponent, believe it or not. Um, all guys that I didn't get to wrestle that I would love to wrestle, and you know, he's always been great to me and a good friend is uh, Chris Jericho. He, um, t- talk about a guy that's, I mean, had about a 30 year run now really had more 30 year career and he just always again the, the word reinvention always reinvents himself always finds a way to get over always finds a way to be a top guy and he's just he's just amazing all around and i i just would love to get in the ring with him just because he to me he's like overall one, one of the best that ever did it and he's just so good at everything yeah and chris if you're listening to this return my email so <laughs> <laughs> last question for you here because it looks like we got uh, a little bit of time left, so I'm going to use it. Um, last question of the night, though, and, and thank you again for coming on. This has been great. Uh, we've had so many guests the last couple of weeks. We've really been blowing up. Uh, Tom Pritchard's been on the show, Ricky Morton, um, just really just a, a Terry Ronalds, like we said, Hector Guerrero. It's been great. So uh, one last question for you here, um, and this is the fan question. So those are all the professional journalists, and this one's just from the from a fan, myself here. Um Stepping out of my journalist shoes for a second. So, <clears throat> like, I, like I said before we got on the phone, I know uh, a lot of performers, you know, wrap up the night. Uh, if there's catering, they'll take care of that. If not, they got to grab a pick, quick bite and then drive to the next town, start over the next day. What was your routine? So, from the, from the time, you know, a SmackDown would end or a Raw would end, whatever show you're working that night at pay-per-view, what was your go-to routine until the very next, you know, card would begin? Walk me through a day in the life of James Ellsworth. Well, so like the uh, main schedule when I was there, like the normal schedule, the routine, obviously, do you have your tours where you're gone for 14 to 21 days, like European tours on? But like a regular schedule would be I would start on Saturday doing the house shows, do house shows Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, those weird Monday SmackDown house shows, which there's only probably 50 of us that know how they, they are. But uh, And then Tuesday would be SmackDown, so it'd be those four days. Saturday, I'd wake up real early, take a shower, get on a plane to whatever town I was going to, get into town, eat right away. Um, you know, I'd go to the gym and do cardio. I'm not going to act like I'm going to hit the dumbbells or barbells or, or <laughs> ring bells or whatever bells they have in there. I would do, go there and do cardio because if I don't – if I – don't do cardio, I'm going to get a lot more, you know, obese than I'd like to be. <laughs> so <laughs> I just, I do cardio every day. So I would do cardio, take a shower, um, go eat again, go to the building. If, if the check-in time was 5.30, I'd get there at 4.30. I'd always get there an hour early. That's me. I've been like that with any job. And then, um, you know, do the show. And after the show... I'd go out and see who was getting something to eat. Ask any of the guys, hey, who's going out to eat? And guy, I just like to eat too. That's I don't know the reason I have to do cardio every day. And uh, <laughs> so I'd go eat and then go back to the hotel and go to sleep. I wasn't, I wasn't, haven't really have been much of a party guy or let's go out and, and, and drink a lot. I mean, I you know every now and then, then I join the occasional brewski, but not all the time. <laughs> so uh, you know, but yeah, that that'd be it, man. That'd be a, a day uh, like that would be my normal routine. Excellent. Honestly, man, this was great. You know, like I said, we've had a ton of guests the last couple of weeks, really been blowing up. But, uh, you know, it was definitely um, definitely good to talk to talk to you. As I looked on my uh, list of guests, I want to say pretty much everybody 
with the exception of El Snow, is now either um, completely out of the business or just has a school somewhere. So it's it's great to talk to you. You know, you're still so fresh with it all. Um, as we wrap up today's interview, is there any, you know anybody you want to give a shout out to, say hello to, and you know any last messages for the fans out there? Oh yeah, man. I just like to say, man, like I had a great time at WWE. Like I said, they put me in a lot of great positions, a lot of memorable positions. Like I don't think anybody's ever going to forget the first ever women's money in the bank ladder match, and I got to be a part of that. So um, I really, really enjoyed my run. I really, I'm, I'm just I always say, man, they gave me my dream. I got to travel the world on their dime, and I, I had a lot of fun. I have nothing negative to say. Obviously, anybody that's been in the positions I was in would. I've loved for it to last longer, but sometimes it's goodbye for now, not goodbye forever. I'm going to continue to work in the wrestling business, do indies, uh, you know, help people as much as I possibly can. Uh, so that's what you do when you've been to the Graceland. You pull your hand back and you bring up, you try to bring up the next person. That's I think that's missing a lot. Uh, any advice I actually have or I'm, I'm willing to give to anybody that wants to listen to it, and that's you know that's how it should be. I think I think it's a brotherhood that. Everybody should get along and have fun and, and enjoy this uh, art form, man. The professional wrestling is the greatest art form of entertainment, I think, in the world. And my, again, humble opinion, I think I need a shirt that says that maybe. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, I appreciate the interview. Yeah, anybody can follow me at, on Twitter at Real Ellsworth, on Instagram at James Ellsworth Wrestling. If you find me on my Facebook, I probably have 5,000 friends. Just, let, just send me a friend request, and I'll get to it in the next 127 days, maybe. We'll see. There you go, man. Leave him alone on Facebook. <laughs> All right, man. Thank, and I'm, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. This was a great interview. We want to thank you again, and uh, we'll stay in touch with you. Thanks, man. I'm ready, man, with two hands. Has a fighting chance. There you go. Get these hands. Thanks again. Ah, that was James Ellsworth, formerly of the WWE, and who knows, we might see him back there again. AEW, we mentioned Chris Jericho. Time will only tell. For Keon Sports, this has been Vince McKee. Have a good one.